wanted to tell you about one of my favorite rosary companies. Regal Rosary Company was established this year in 2022 and they make premium handmade paracord rosary blacksmithing for Our Lord and Ladies Armory. They specialize in custom rosaries and chaplets and they are changing the world one Hail Mary at a time. I was gifted a Miami rosary that was the the title of the rosary that they made by Regal Rosary and it is my go-to rosary for road trips and I also sometimes bring it on the beach so check them out Regal Rosary they are on Etsy and purchase a rosary today. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Classy Chicks podcast. So today I am here with yet another man. We just had our first guy on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago. I think it was actually probably a month or two ago now because I was getting all these requests for me to have a guy, to have more guys in the podcast to like share their perspective, which at first I was like, well, you know, it's the Classy Chicks podcast. I want girls on this. But I, I also realize the demographic who's listening to this are a lot of high school and college girls. And I really do want to get guys' opinions on, you know, the pro-life movement, faith, and femininity. So um, I decided to have Mickey Kelly on. And many of you may know him on Instagram as the Catholic Philadel- Philadelphian. Is that how you say it? Yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. The Hen- henceforth, Philadelphia- henceforth um, the title really says where I'm definitely from. So it's Philadelphia, PA. <laughs> Our nation was founded and also laid the ground for um, most of the kind of plant the seeds where like some of the like uh, if you if you ever realize the the Constitution, even though it's under attack by the the left progressive mob, you have to understand one thing is that its roots when William Penn came here and we're going back a little over 300 years, the the, the state court so there's a state court before we had the supreme court like most states have their own courts and, they, and all of them do most of the stuff most of the the um rights of, uh, of of citizens of the united states most of the roots like free speech and what have you and freedom of religion they have their roots from the quakers from founded by you by william penn which there's a you know there's a university named after him and the penn quakers and all that so the more you know, and then of course that's where we had the First Amendment. You know, it had its roots from the Quakers, and you know, so yeah, that's what we have today. And wow. let's face it, it's under attack today. You know, by the progressive mob, and we got to stand our ground, folks. Wow. Well, that that's some interesting history for you before we get into the podcast. But yeah, I'm excited to be here um, with Mickey, and we're gonna start out as we always start out. Although actually, a couple episodes ago. I forgot to even say the classy and trashy moments, so we just posted them afterwards, but we're going to remember from now on, and we're going to start out with our classy and trashy moments. So, Mickey, what is a classy moment you have from this past week? From this past week? Hmm. Well, I helped clothe about between five to 800 um, homeless families and individuals Oh, wow. With uh, my Knights, of, I'm a member of the Knights of Columbus. I, I've been a member for 14 years, and there's actually some reason to my pro life beliefs, and we'll get to that in a moment. But really, I think, you know, being pro life also, you have to care for the homeless. And one of the things we did was in partnership with Catholic Social Services in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, let alone the young adult community, we all came together and realized, especially, and this is not just like, you know, with the, the COVID 19. 
a phenomenon, but also, you know, prior to that, we clothed people to get them ready with an initiative called Boot Up Philly. And also we thought, you know what, let's do uh, Coach for Kids, which is an initiative by the Knights of Columbus to help children. And then we thought, you know, let's expand to the family to help them get ready for the winter months. And we actually had a very crisp fall morning, um, you know, just as a reminder that, you know, winter's on its way. Right. And honestly, that's something I'm proud of. You know, I like to give back to the community one way or another. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think I think it is important for us to definitely remember that in the pro-life movement, we and actually um, I think we've been talking a lot more about this lately, but we we are we do need to remember that obviously abortion is the greatest human rights crisis, but there are other human crises and we can't just ignore those either. So I think that's wonderful that you're doing that. Um, my classy moment, I just had it. Oh yeah, my classy moment is that Cardinal Burke came to our church on Sunday and um, I was like not sure if I was gonna make it because I was singing for a mass earlier that day, but I made it and I got to meet him and it was wonderful. You know, you're making me very jealous right now because <laughs> he's one of the few people I will, he's like, I, I got an issue. I have a list of big names in the Catholic church that are more Catholic than Jimbo Martin and what have you that I would love to meet. <laughs> and believe me, um, and it's, it's a mixture of Catholics and there's some like, you know, uh, conservative politicians or personalities right, that right. I would love to meet. And trust me, um, I have a list. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to meet them all, but you know what? If I do, it's like, it's a win of my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's wonderful. He was, I mean, you could just feel the holiness in the room. Like it was, it was insane. It was insane mm-hmm. to me. It was incredible. Well, I have been in the presence many times of uh, Archbishop Charles Chaput, who's now retired from my archdiocese. Okay. So I can understand where you're coming from with that. But I also had a close encounter with uh, Cardinal Mueller uh, okay. from uh, the, a German uh, bishop, uh, one of the good as far as I'm concerned so (laughs) right right that's cool yeah yeah it was a wonderful experience definitely my classy moment all right what about your trashy moment trashy moment oh goodness you know what it's rare for me to have a trashy moment but sometimes it's rare for you to have a trashy moment. well the only way I can have a trash the only way I can have a trashy moment is like if I'm like if I'm have like one of those like really bad days and one of them actually would have to be that, um, like, there was, like, one time that I was, like, out on the the sidewalk praying outside of an abortion facility. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember that there's, like, there's, like, a volunteer, like, a worker that would come out every so often and, like, would taunt you. And I, I, she may be listening to this podcast right now, and I, I'm going to be proud that she is. That's fine with me. So, <laughs> but anyway, she would like kind of like get on your stimmy because first off, I'm half proud of the fact that she's reading my blogs. Okay. However, she would say like, oh, you got grammar errors, you know, oh, you, you know, that like, she's trying to get on your mm-hmm. skin, sort of right, speak. Right, and right. people like reminding me like, and I, I was like, I came this close to like snapping at her. Like, you know, not. But like, you, you did know, it. Verbal. You didn't snap at her. No, no, no. Then like, but of course we did like a verbal exchange and what have you. And yeah. then, you know, so. That's not, that's my trashy moment, so. Okay, that's fair, that's fair. It's a good one. My trashy moment is that my entire legs are eaten up by mosquito bites, and I don't really get mosquito bitten well, by you mosquitoes. Well, you're in Florida. 
<laughs> yes, but I don't really get bitten in mosqu by mosquitoes very much. But when I do, it's so bad because I have no itching cream, nothing at all. And oh, my boy. entire leg recovered. And it's because I was taking, uh, I was doing a photo shoot in, in the water the other night. Like, well, not like in the water, but like on the beach. And I like was, I was wearing like this long dress and I was like stepping in and out of the water and the dress had like water on it. And something must have attracted the mosquitoes to like the bottom half of my leg because my, oh my entire goodness. leg is full of mosquito bites. And it's just the worst ever because I'm not used to it. <laughs> so, oh goodness. That's my trashing moment. I need to go to Walgreens or something and get like that mosquito bite stuff to cure it. Or your local pharmacy, like your neighborhood drugstore. Small biz shop small. Well, I don't know that we have one. <laughs> I'll try to figure it out. Though. I, 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 I'm not. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spare you the political debate here, but I'm just saying, like, hey, don't forget our small businesses. So, okay, <laughs> I'm very much a fan of the small businesses. Uh, do you have the Public Square app? I, you know, it's funny. I might have to get in. I might have to look into that. Well, okay, you should not even be preaching this to me then. If you don't have the Public Square app, I'll just Ooh. give a little shout out to do you know do you know what that is? I've heard of it, yes. Okay, so the Public Square app is basically it's it's public and then ask ask you. And shout out to Public Square, the people who run it. Um, I know one of them personally, but anyway, the Public Square app is a place where conservative pro-life businesses it's a platform that they can be on. And basically when I'm traveling, like when I'm anywhere else and even in my hometown now, um, you can look up by coffee, by boutique, by anything that you're interested in and find a place with the values that you love on this app. So it's very helpful for, for me. It was a lot more helpful when I lived in Chicago because um, there were a lot less great businesses and there are a lot more businesses that support did bad things here in Florida. There's a lot more businesses that support great things, but it's still really helpful to have. So little shout out um, to public square. And if you guys don't have the app, get it. And if you're interested in getting your business on the app, message me because I can help you. So there's just a little shout out <laughs> since you are going to at me for not going to my local pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Anyway, so before, so I kind of just wanted to talk to you mainly today about, I guess, about a blog that you have written. Mickey Kelly has written a few blogs for my website, but I wanted to talk more in depth about the topic of men and the pro-life movement, right? I kind of just wanted to focus on that. But before we get started, can you just explain a little bit, like, who are you? What's your background? What do you do? Just tell people a little bit more about you. If you're not familiar with you, that's fine. Well, if anyone was hoping I'm a philanthropist by day and I put on a cape and mask at night, this is the wrong podcast episode for you. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, but seriously, um, let's see. Well, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia. Um, you could probably tell by my accent, you know, here and there. Although when I get angry, I, the Brooklyn comes out of me, which I'm not from Brooklyn, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, I've been in Philadelphia my whole life. I'm actually in my early 30s. I'm actually, el technically, I'm eligible to run for the U.S. Senate. So I won't actually disclose. Uh, will I get an endorsement from you if I announce it? I might think about I it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't give a yet. Well, you know what? I mean, I'm not too pleased with uh, the politics in Pennsylvania. So maybe I may consider it. But yeah. I don't know. Anyhow, 
Uh, so I've, I'm the youngest of four children. I have three older half siblings from a previous marriage from uh, my mom's first marriage and she was widowed. And then uh, evidently she knew my dad since third grade in grade school. I'm not wow. even joking. Um, wow. they, they got married. That beats, that beats my parents. They knew each other since they were freshmen. Oh, okay. Let's, <laughs> let's not, let's not diss your parents here. Okay. Let's, let's spare that. So <laughs> I'm not but, dissing my parents. I'm just saying it beats my parents. Oh, okay. Got it. Anyway. Um, so they met, they married. Um, I came into the picture and actually my mom actually conceived me in her mid late thirties. And that actually was another that's actually a key point that actually propelled me to pro life movement. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, they got married. I came into picture um, when I was about 10 years old, actually, they separated. And then fast forward two years later, they're actually divorced. I still keep in touch with both of them. I live with my mom, my stepdad currently. And I currently am the president. So I, I do quite a bit pro-life like i'm in the trenches like usually a couple times a week and then other times i'm kind of like in a back row and you've kind of seen my work you know from time to time when i contributed to your your blogs man i'm sure we'll discuss it a little more but i also blog for a, a group called voices for life and i've been with them for a solid four years so it's okay. basically we are like a team throughout the greater philadelphia area and we report things on local state politics and every now and again we could tackle something that's happened like on a national level so we're very um on top of say like the national march for lights coming up in washington um every january and i also understand that um illinois is actually is going to be i was just seeing your post leading up to our um to our recording actually that and i'm sure you'll discuss it more that there will be a state march in illinois coming up regardless of what happens mm -hmm. with your states uh with your home states uh uh, midterm elections and you know statewide and what have you so uh, we're all, like you and i have one one thing in common with our home states i mean the politics are not so great there but and if it could be possible especially you know what the our country's endured the past uh 20 some years you know it's not just you know what the events from the from covid pandemic but you know long before that so um currently um i'm working for a a well-known um supermarket i don't want to say too much about but i i've been with them for like three months i used to be with amazon for three years and then i made the transition with uh their partners so to speak so they're like you know they're like kind of like uh they're kind of like this so i actually made transition over to their uh their parent like you know their one of their uh parent like their children companies i like to call it um things are going fine i'm full-time with them um, I'm a fourth degree member of the Knights of Columbus. I've been a member for like 14 years and I was recruited by my dad. And there's some power when a father, you know, brings like children up into like some traditions, whether it's the faith or even like Knights of Columbus, what have you. And I mean, I, who knew that like my dad and I would be part of like a global fraternity with like a global Catholic fraternity, the only one in That's the world, beautiful. like with 2 million members worldwide. Um, you know, and then of course he brought me into the faith here and there. Um, I've been Catholic my whole life. I would say it just came naturally to me. And then other, I know other people were you, have like, okay. Reversed. So you were raised Catholic then? Born and raised. Yeah. Born and raised. Okay. I've been altar server. I lecture from time to time. And, um, 
I do like a weekly holy hour. What's really what I'm really blessed is, is there's a there's like a perpetual adoration chapel, not far from me. Um, that's in the heart of my neighborhood, and okay, that's beautiful. They there's like a group called well, my neighbors would call them the Pink Sisters, but their formal title is the Holy Spirit Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. It started in Belgium, um, like probably say like the close like the end of the 19th century. Oh, and wow. then they set up a convent and a chapel uh, in Philadelphia, I would say back in 1915. And they actually were hoping when Pope Francis came to Philadelphia for the world need of families, they were hoping that he would pay a visit. But I think that because of the conflicts and what have you, it was it was like a, it was it was going to be a stretch. So, you know, it's kind of disappointed it happened, but I'm sure he acknowledged him and what have you. So. But that's pretty much me in a nutshell. And I've been involved with the pro-life movement, I would say, for 13 years. So since 2009. Wonderful, wonderful. So let me ask you this. I have a few questions for you as a man involved um, for more than a a dozen years in the pro-life movement. What is the most common, what is one of the most common um. I guess I can't think of the word. What is the most common criticisms? That's the word I'm trying to think of. Criticisms you get. What is one of the most common criticisms you get? Either oh, either gosh. about being a man involved or just in general. I would say in general that I I would say I would say in general like I think the whole no uterus no opinion. It, it's been like it's been something very common I have seen, but if I have to pick a second, like I, I don't gotta say second best, but I'd rather say second worst. The mm-hmm. second worst is like, you, like I'm wasting my time. I'm like thinking myself. Okay, so so let's. I I wanna I wanna kind of dissect both both of these. The first one, no uterus, no opinion. How do you answer that? Well, I would say that I'm 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 not, I mean I I mean I get that most of the time from a lot of like bro choice guys and i'll be like well you have an opinion i i have an opinion myself <laughs> so you know that's interesting so you get that from pro-choice men bro choice men mm-hmm. what did you say i said b-r-o bro so I dropped sorry the that the men. In <laughs> okay yeah so, they're boys how about this how about that so yeah thank so you that's... pro-choice boys tell you no uterus no opinion but they ha- that doesn't make much sense to me. I would have thought that you would get that more often from women. So, well, so you respond it, to- it, I'll put it this way. It's equally balanced. I'll put it here. But, but if, I have about- to, if I have to tip it, I'd say that I've been getting a little more from, you know, women just looking back at the whole thing. So, all right. So when you, when, when guys say that to you, right, how do you respond? I tell them, well, you have an opinion on abortion and so do I. Right. And I mean, that totally makes sense if there's a guy talking to you about this. What about women? What about when women tell you no uterus, no opinion? I remind them of, you know, the seven men that decided Roe v. Wade back in January 1973. Mm-hmm. They seem to forget that. And then I remember one time I was helping. If you're from, if, you're, if everyone's familiar with um, um, abolish abortion, they're like the the mainstream. They're like the kind of like I say, the. Uh, like the Bible thumping Protestants, and and the problem is they're 
and I, I understand most of them are like really anti-Catholic. And I remember I was like telling one of these, like it, we were crashing a women's march. And this was like around the same weekend as the, like the national march for life. And I was just like, okay. Cause I had, a, I had a few hours to play before I had to get a train ride home. So I thought, okay, let me go join them. And boy, well, I was in, I like, I've never experienced anything like this. So I was like, let's crash the women's march. And like one of them, like one of those women would actually throw these things at me. I'm like, I'm like, did you forget there were seven men that had an opinion on abortion on the Supreme Court back in 1973? And she was like, so what? I'm just like looking at her like, really? That is that is a very interesting point to bring up Um, when when people say no uterus, no opinion, right? It's like who who decided Roe versus Wade? Seven men and Roe versus Wade. When Roe versus Wade was reversed, it was reversed by the most diverse court in history. Oh, I mean, yeah. So that's an interesting point. The other, the other thing that I would add to that is um, abortions isn't a women's issue. It's a human rights issue, right? So if, you know, the, the, whole, the whole premise of the whole abortion debate has to be decided whether or not it is a human life, when human life begins, right? And if human life begins at conception, which science tells us that it does, then it's not an issue of women. It's not an issue for men. It's an issue. It's a human rights crisis. It's the greatest human rights crisis that we've ever seen. And it's the greatest genocide that we've ever seen in our world. So I guess that's just kind of what I would add. But I love your I love your answer about the the seven men. Yeah, well, hey, somebody has to somebody has to somebody has to mention it. So. <laughs> so now so kind of going off that. You said you do do crisis pregnancy counseling. Is that is that what you said or? No. So I more um, well, when I go outside the abortion facilities, I would say 90 percent of the time I'm actually praying. So I do okay. like so every Saturday, usually every Saturday morning, I would go to this a facility in Philadelphia that was actually established one year prior to the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. Okay. It's called Philadelphia Women's Center. It used to be located in the Rittenhouse Square section of Philadelphia, and that's usually like a really big um, uh, gay neighborhood. Uh, okay. Well, nicknamed Gayborhood, you know, what have you. And you'll see like the pride flag underneath the street signs. Very ironic. Up until about, say, back about 14 years ago, it was located, I would say, um, around 15th and Locust or what have you. And then he moved to the border between Chinatown section of Philadelphia to Old City. So literally, it's like around the corner from Independence Hall. Go figure, because, you know, our founding fathers knew our first inalienable rights is the right to life. And an abortion right. facility is around the corner from exactly. where it all began. Then the other then the other here's the other thing, too. This facility accounts for sixty five hundred murders a year and 90 percent of the of the abortions are done to african-american children now how many did you say 6500 how many so the, to give you an idea so i would say i was actually gonna get that in a moment but to give you an idea philadelphia has about i'll say thirteen thousand abortions committed a year um and then i think Pittsburgh, it's like right behind us. And then we have another, there's like another county where there's like a surrounding county in Philadelphia that accounts for another thing. I, I forget the other counties are, but, um, but to, but 6,500 at 
Philadelphia Women's Center. And here's the irony. There, it sits on an eight-story building. Um, and it sits like seven floors above a daycare. I am not kidding you for children. What? Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And like during the week, like when we have people outside praying, it can be a little confusing because you have like uh, the kids, you know, being dropped off and they're like, they go to like a side entrance. But then on Saturday mornings, it's like, you know, a clear cut, like, you know, who's going in and what have you. And usually there will be like in the morning, I'll be praying outside with like two or three different other people. And then we'll catch like the workers coming in, you know, whether it's the escorts or the abortion workers. So some highlights to share with you. And I've been praying outside of this facility for 11 years. So January 2011 was my first time praying out there. It was like a bitter cold Saturday morning. Um, so, and we'll get to what led me to that in a moment, but some highlights to point out is, well, I think probably I'll say like my proud moment was witnessing, I would say maybe three saves or three wow. moms, like having a conversion, like just right. like, I don't want to do what this did anymore. that. What did that look like? Or maybe give us one example about that. I would say one example was I was praying with my neighbor because our parish was scheduled to be outside of um, the facility for 40 days for life. And this was like spring 2017. And there was a mom that just came out. She looked really confused. And leading up to that, her and I, we were praying the flame of love rosary, which um, it's gaining some popularity among a, some quite a bit of Catholics here. Um, and as we were wrapping it up, there was a young girl came out. She looked very confused. And I guess what happened was like, like she said, like she said, like uh, she didn't want to do it. And we were like, and her and I, we were just like, like, you know, quietly, you know, celebrating the fact like, oh, she had a conversion right. heart. Um, push came to shove, you know, we connected her with the, um, with the uh, pregnancy resource center. We have like a pregnancy center across the street from a Planned Parenthood. Um, the Planned Parenthood, that was the subject of um, the uh, doxing from a state rep um, by the name of Brian Sims, who tried to run for Lieutenant Governor, but he, but he failed. Um, and it actually was picketed by pro pro boards. I'm not even kidding. Like people held out signs, you know, like, and they were blocking the entrance of the pregnancy center. This happened like very recent and, you know, it's kind of ironic, you know, you hear about this thing, like with Mark Houck, you know, and this happy app that he lives like 45 minutes from me, like Mark Houck, that he got raided by, you know, two, 20 to 30 FBI agents, you know, and with all guns, you know, and everything yet the FBI did nothing at all. When you had pro boards, you know, roots for, you know, Ruth sent us or Jane's revenge, right. you know, they were going to these churches and these pregnancy centers, firebombing or raiding the churches or it's throwing. Very very yeah, unequal. very. <laughs> but um, I would say one of the craziest times when I was out there was back in March, 2014, there was this volunteer that he was um, a male escort. I would kid you not. And he was like, you know, it's kind of like one of those tall, you know, tough guys, you know. Mm -hmm. And one day, one morning, he was walking up and 
he like he walked up to me, grabbed me by the neck. And then there was another guy who tried to like, you know, break up the whole thing. What? He got slapped across the face by this same this same uh, volunteer. And, you know, we called the police and then I think the facility found out about this, you know, because we were ready to press charges wow. and they told him not to come back. The crazy part is I just saw him recently and now he's working for them. And I'm just like thinking to myself, first of all, what's he doing back? It's crazy. Wow. There, you know, you know, I'm, and I'm sure you have many more stories and I do, I do have to say, I, I haven't, I haven't participated. I used to participate a lot more in 40 days for life campaigns. Um, I do a lot more sidewalk counseling now. So I was trained as a sidewalk counselor and I will go out on the sidewalks and talk to women going in. And this is one of the most harrowing and most just emotionally, emotionally draining pieces of the pro-life movement, I would have to say, because mm -hmm. you are literally at the last stand. You are there at the last moment before the woman's going to go in, you know? We do all this stuff with digital activism. We do all this crisis pregnancy counseling, all this stuff. But you, the people who are outside of the clinic are there at the this last moment, this last moment you have to potentially save a life. And when you do, it's the most rewarding thing ever. But when you don't, it it it's devastating, you know? And so I think that, and we don't have very much time left um, on this podcast. We're going to have to kind of finish up, but... I would love to either have you back on or keep an eye out because um, I might have you ask you to do a blog on this, but, um, and you, you all also already kind of did a little bit, but just on more of why it's important for men to be out there, you know, and, and why it's important for men to be out there actually talking to women, because I actually, I have experience with uh, one of my, one of my former college professors did sidewalk counseling for years. And every time he talked to a woman, they would just kind of like, be like, oh my gosh, this is this is a man. Like they, they think men credible, you know, can actually get me help, right? Older men credible can actually get me help. Um, and they would they would listen to him and they would they would go where he told them to go. And so I just think it's it's a powerful tool that the pro-life movement isn't using as much as we could be. And I think that it's definitely it's so, so important for men and for people like you to be out there and to be a voice. And you are, that's that's what you're doing. You are a voice for life. So I guess we'll just finish up by, uh, can you tell me where people can find you? Sure. So I'm actually very active on Instagram, uh, the Catholic Philadelphian. Um, I also will, I also contribute to Catholic 365 um, under the, the same title, the Catholic Philadelphian. All right. And I also would blog for Voices for Life. Um, and I'll be sure to share this all. It's through WordPress. So, and of course, I, I would definitely be doing recaps from the midterm and the gubernatorial elections, you know, you know, through and through. In fact, uh, we're looking to expand, try to get some more bloggers, you know, throughout the, the country. Hopefully we can probably, hopefully we can, you know, cover as much ground as we can, you know, on the national level. So, so state by state, you know, so I would love to have someone from Florida come on board, someone from the Carolinas, so on and so forth. Right, so. Right. <laughs> Um, right. it's like, we, 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 it's not a pay gig, but it's like something to help, you know, help us to build up, you know, I think, I guess, of course you look at what happened to Dobbs back in June, you know, we're not done yet as far as, you know, not as far as pro-life, everything was sent back to the States. Mm -hmm. The best thing we need to do now is we have to 
double down on our pro-life convictions. We cannot give up. We cannot lick our wounds. We got to keep fighting until every life is safe. I look at it this way. If you think that there's a there's the piv- there's the pivotal battle in the Patriot, and there are t- there was a time where the line was collapsing as they were trying to advance, and everyone was tempted to retreat, but you know the main character said, "No, no, no, we got to keep pushing," mm-hmm. and that's what we need to do now. Mm-hmm. Men of faith, it's time for you to step out into the breach, my brother knights. It's time for you to meet. Be, be more proactive and less passive. It's time for you to man up and go out there and pray in front of these facilities. Even if it's just an hour or a week. If you can do an hour, great. I mean, and let's face it, if you have a physical disability, get to your nearest, you know, chapel or something, you know, pray. Or even talk to your priest. Ask them if they can do a holy hour, you know, once a month, you know, for an end to abortion, you know, in your city or even your state. We what we need to do now is we don't it's not not just, you know, we don't we we don't it's in addition to being in addition to spiritual, you know, spiritual warriors, we do need foot soldiers. You know, I mean, let's face it. I mean, if you look at, you know, some of these sci fi movies, you see these robots and what have you. But guess what? There's a there's a reason why it's sci fi, because reality is we need, you know, flesh and blood to win this yes, battle yes and we all and, we all know, need to participate we all need to participate absolutely. very true very true well thank you so much thank you so much for coming thank on and i will see everybody um next week in the next episode of the classy chicks podcast